is going to be simplistic. No complications on this episode. This is GalwayDaily.com. When I say it's simplistic, meaning it's going to be easy to understand. It's not going to be rocket science. This is by Thomas O'Brien, December 2nd, 2021. Rules of Modern One-Night Stand Dating. Many of us look for a one-night stand nearby but don't know where to begin. That is because we are unaware of the rules and general guidelines initiating such relationships. It is crucial to understand them to have a successful one-night stand encounter with another person and just with people in general, if that's your thing. I know that's my thing. And I know that when I stand encounter another person is also my thing. It's true. Let's have a look at the top five rules of modern one night stand dating to make things clear once and for all. One, be clear about your intentions. It is crucial that you and the, and the other person are on the same page about the one night stand. It is also crucial that you and the other people are on the same page about the one night stands. If you think it is just a temporary thing, but the other person and or people think it's something more, it could lead to misunderstandings. That is why you must be vocal about your intentions so there's no confusion. For this purpose, a whole online dating niche was created, catering to the needs of those who seek short time encounter. Like me, <laughs> I'm asserting myself. For example, if your intention is to have a one-night stand nearby, you can register on a dedicated dating platform and get access to thousands of singles seeking the same with no strings attached, no hassle, and stress. This way, your new match knows beforehand that you plan nothing more just a brief encounter to have some fun, meaning no drama if you both go separate ways. On the other hand, if you met them the traditional way, it is crucial to clarify in person before initiating anything physical just remember to do it politely. Two, don't ask if you don't want to know. It's completely all right not to know everything about the person and or the people. You don't have to get into the details because they're just temporary. There are many things you can talk about without prying into the personal details of their lives. So it is best you avoid questions regarding their work life, inner circle, or family tree. You must also resist the urge to ask them on social media because you don't want to find out something you don't want to know. Now, some one-night stands are exceptional. Like, some people may know about the work-life in a circle or family tree, and they can still be friends even though they had sex just once. And some people are able to be on social media just fine, even though they had sex just one time. So not all one-night stands are one and the same. All the circumstances are different. And you can know personal details of the lives of the people that you have sex with just one time if y'all agree to stay friends. That does happen. Three, discuss the boundaries. Boundaries are healthy in one-night stands. They help us define our limits and protect us from things we don't want. For example, you might think something is okay while, while intercourse, but they might construe it as assault or physical harm. 
After all, you don't want a court case on your hands to get violent and the other person and or the people think they have been assaulted. In the same way, if you have any personal boundaries, you must discuss them with the person. Be sure to ask them about there so you can understand the limits none of you can cross. In the same way, if you have any personal boundaries, you must discuss them with the people. Be sure to ask them about there so you can understand the limits none of you can cross. Four, everyone should take care to protect themselves. Protection is an important part of any sexual relationship you might have. That is because there's always the risk of STDs, pregnancy, etc. Get condoms or any other birth control methods and ensure that you use them while doing intercourse. Besides that, you can also ask whenever you're sleeping with if they're taking precautions such as any birth control pills. It will help you have a better idea of who is using what so you can decide accordingly. Five, it can become a regular thing. According to a survey, more than 66% of participants had a one-night stand experience at least once in life. So it is natural to seek such things, but at the same time, many surveys show that some one-timers transform into something more long-term very often. Um, that's true for some one-night stand havers. That's not true for the other one-night stand havers. Sometimes one time, just one time. Sometimes one time can become a casual sex relationship where it happens more than once. Sometimes one time just means one time, you know? So that has to be considered. Every person is differently. Um, I just also wanna say, if you both enjoy having sex with one another, it's become a regular thing. If you don't set boundaries, of course, you can enjoy having sex with someone one time and just only have it one time. If you're, and sometimes it could become an irregular thing too, meaning here or there, spontaneity, scheduled, pre-planned or just planned on the spot, so and so on and so forth. If you are okay with having regular sex on the attachment, you can clarify that beforehand. If you are not, you must let the other person and or the people know that you will never see them again after one night stand. Or you can see them without having sex with them. There is a way that maybe the relationship has changed where y'all can just hang and be friends. Like, okay, we did that. Or some people just... Our hangout buddies, not necessarily friends, or some people are friends, hangout buddies, etc. Everyone's different, okay? Final words. These are the top five rules of modern one-night stand dating. For a successful one-night stand, be sure to follow these rules. Establish fruitful endeavor and should be both if you enjoy it. And I will also say um, that you should have emotionally safe sex in one-night stand. That means um, make sure everyone is comfortable with their bodies. Uh, make sure that the body language shows that people are being positively stimulated instead of negatively triggered. 
watch out for gestures and facial expressions and watch out for the nonverbals and uh, watch out for word choices, tone of voice how people express themselves because all that will show whether they're being positively stimulated during the sex or negatively triggered during the sex. And once you recognize that both can happen, like you recognize the positive stimulation, make sure enthusiastic consent inside of you will ask them, do you want me to keep positively stimulating you like this? If they say no, find another way to do it then do it. They're like, no, keep doing it, then do it. Or if they're negatively triggered, um, just stop it. Apologize, make amends, and do the things that only positively stimulate them, but also make sure you're positively stimulated too and not negatively triggered at all when it comes to sex, just including a one-night stand. So those are things that people have to keep in mind. Um, okay. As for myself... I decided to look at sex as an empathy-centered conversation, um, an empathic dialogue. So this is what I'm saying. Empathetic, the adjective adjective means relating to or characterized by empathy, the psychological identification with the emotions, thoughts, or attitudes of others. Or another way of putting it, showing an ability to understand and share the feelings of another it means having or tending to have empathy the ability or practice of imagining or trying to people understand what someone else is feeling or what it's like to be in a situation empathy is often described as the ability to feel what others are feeling as if you're feeling it yourself to feel empathy for someone is to empathize people do this are described as empathetic some people use the word empathetic interchangeably or in, over, or in overlapping ways with the word sympathetic, which generally sharing or tending to share emotions with someone else, especially sadness. However, others distinguish the two terms by emphasizing the importance of being empathetic toward others feeling their pain, as opposed to being sympathetic toward them feeling sorry for them. A less common variant of empathetic is empathic. Example, having faced many of the same challenges, Nayala is empathetic to the struggles so now let's look up the word conversation shall we the word conversation means a talk especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged conversations interactive communication between two or more people uh, the development of conversational skills and etiquette is an important part of socialization. Development of conversational skills in a new language is a frequent focus of language teaching and learning. Conversation analysis is a branch of sociology which studies the structure and organization of human interaction with a more specific focus on conversational interaction. Excuse me. Just had some breakfast. Um, conversation is an informal interchange of thoughts, 
information center by spoken word, oral communication between persons talk, such interchange by sign language, email, or other non-oral means of communication. It, that can include body language and gestures and facial expressions as well. Um, an informal public exchange of ideas or opinions about a particular issue, a dialogue, association of social intercourse, the ability to talk socially with others, behavior, manner of living, close familiarity, intimate acquaintance as from constant use or study. The interchange through speech of information, ideas, etc., spoken communication, and nonverbal body language. So, sexual intercourse is a form of social intercourse. I look at sex as an empathetic conversation. I look at it as a form of compassionate relations, if you will. And so, I, I want to say more, and I indeed I will. And I also feel the need to say more. I'm just fine. Let me get to it. I'm sorry. The text messages track me. Here we go. I decided to have empathetic conversational group sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational fornication. I decided to have empathetic conversational open relationships. I decided to have empathetic conversational promiscuity. I decided to have empathetic conversational cottaging. I decided to have empathetic conversational dogging. I decided to have empathetic conversational backup partners. Uh, I decided to have an empathetic conversational social sexuality, sometimes called sociosexual orientation. I decided to have empathetic conversational treaties, which is the practice of providing companionship and intimate activity in exchange for entertainment, outings, gifts, and other items of monetary value for clothes. Um, of course, I decided to have empathetic conversational casual sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational anonymous sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational one night stands. Um, I decided to have empathetic conversational casual dating and casual relationships. I decided to have empathetic conversational uh, swinging. 
I decided to have empathetic conversation upon selection to become the adulthood star. I decided to have empathetic conversational off-camera sex. Um, I decided to have empathetic conversational social sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational recreational sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational no strings attached sex. I decided to have empathetic conversational friends with benefits for myself. I decided to have empathetic conversational duty calls. I decided to have empathetic conversational fuck buddies and sex buddies. I decided to have empathetic conversational hookups and hooking up and hookup culture. Um, I decided to have empathetic conversational solo sex and self-pleasure masturbation and erotica and porn. I decided to have empathetic conversational sexual liberation and sexual revolution and free love for myself. I decided to have empathetic conversational sex with me and sex with us and, and not all going to be four stars of course I don't mind using dating apps on rare occasions which will be empathetic and conversational. Um, I decided to have empathetic conversational ethical non-monogamy. Let me see. I really like to get this all out. Um, I decided to have um, You know, all the other forms of non-monogamy culture I'm interested in doing will all be empathetic and conversational, aesthetically conversational as well.
And so that's what I wanted to. Uh, of course, I do. I'm empathetically conversational in my solo polyamorous and polyamorous life. I really had to say that. And I'm empathetically conversational within my gender fluidity, sexual fluidity. And I could also say this. I would not be miserable in a monogamous relationship because I don't look at monogamy as bad or awful. I think monogamy is just as beautiful as non-monogamy in my opinion. Either way, I would be um, ecstatic. Um, And so... I'm just empathetically conversational when it comes to my entire personal life and my entire professional life. This is how I am very stuff. And I think for me, it has been wonderful to know those these things about myself. Um, I'm empathetically conversational in terms of my romantic friendship because that's encompassing, but it's not immediate. And I am, a, I am, my being a pickup artist is not rooted in any kind of bullshit. There's no fuckery to it. I would say that it's enthusiastically consensual. Um, do I have sexual success of the wholesome kind I do is there seduction of the wholesome kind yes so my sexual success and seduction are of enthusiastic consent so I'm I'm an empathetically conversational pickup artist there's no misogyny to it. There's no misandry to it. And there's no LGBTQI plus non-binary and genderless phobias to it at all. There's no gender and sexual diversity phobias at all. To my being a bit of And it's not for me, it's not sexist or chauvinistic. It's not, it has nothing to do with bravado. It's not, it has nothing to do with machismo. It's, in my life, myself and some people, adults, um, I always emphasize age of consent laws being on it. That's just something I'm thinking of. Um, I think about, for me, how there's no discrimination of any kind when it comes to myself and the adults on me. And that's real. And, uh, 
it's all humane, all ethical, all respectful, all kind, all genuine, all human rights honoring, all self-esteem affirming and affirming of each other. I just wanted to communicate that. Because sometimes when people hear certain words, it's easy to jump to the conclusion. That's why I, I'm also always in the habit of explaining. Because in a podcast, you may have the same listeners or different listeners. And so it needs to be talked about. It needs to be clarified. I think I'll say these things. Um, there are groups of people that are labeled by society. I'm very respectful in how I name people and the gender pronouns I use because I am, I have a deep reverence for people. I don't worship people, but I have a profound respect for people is another way of saying. So society calls certain women Jills. Granny, I like to fuck, silver fox, attractive, highly sexual, old girl. Women, regards to child status, society also calls certain people dilfs, dad slash daddy like to fuck, filth, father like to fuck, F-I-L-F, uh, cougars, mature, and milf, mother like to fuck, that's what society says. And the reason why I brought up what they said is because here's what I'm about to say. I am open to speaking with all these types of people that society just named. Society would also say, well, she does. Granddad slash granddad, y'all like the fuck, okay? That's another group of people that I'm open to sleeping with. I like to preface that with that way because there's a importance that needs to be stated, which is being sensitive to how we name. Like, the Oxford English Dictionary defines terms as attractive as established young mother or yummy mummy. It's also used along with milk and society. Society says these things. So these are other I just wanted to be real about that because some people may not like that term. Some like some people may not like these terms. Some people may do. Some people may use them around certain people and not use them around other people. So I believe in honoring honorifics that people want to be addressed as. There's more I want. I am open to sleeping with with people that society calls BBWs. That's again, that's society. Big beautiful women, plus size women, full figure women. Some people are in love with these terms. Some people dislike and hate these terms. And like any other terms that people may. Again, some people may love, some people may dislike them and downright hate them. And, uh, that's why if we get to know people, we can discover 
what how some people want to be referred, how some people not want to be referred. It's like some people want their genitals to be referred to as cocks or dicks or pussies or clit or even cunt, even though that's a that can be a derogatory term for a lot of women. A lot of the women may not be. Everyone is different. Every girl is different. Some girls may be unintended, some not. Um and some people have different names or nicknames or technical names for their genitalia, their bodies. So some women are offended when you say tits or titties and some are not. Um, some may say, just say breasts. Some people say, I don't like tits, can you just say boobs? Everyone's, every woman's different. And it's, not, it's also like when people can get offended if you say shit, like, Call it feces or call it number two. And some people go, I actually like it when it's referred to as shit. Some people may refer to um, You know, some people may be offended by the word piss, and some people say, say urine. And some people go, actually like this, you know? Some people say, don't call it spit, just call it saliva. Some people go, actually like when we say spit. Everyone's different. Like some women, if you, it's like in the black community, which is very tough, some people, and usually I don't use this word on the podcast, in public because you know times are living in but some black people like to be referred to as nigga and some don't some women like to be called bitch some don't tramp slut skeezers some women are offended by some not and the reason why I'm saying I'm not saying these words say these words what I'm really conveying is that everyone's different with language and we have to be mindful of these things. That's why I stress and repeat this stuff quite often. So people can have that sensitivity in their minds and their hearts. And some people are offended by profanity and some people are not. Some people are, are offended by profanity in American Sign Language and some people are not. Some people are offended by uh, socially offensive language, obscenities, derogatory terms, and vulgarities. Some people are not. Some people have different definitions of what profanity is to them. And some people are offended by cursing, cussing, swearing, expletives. Some people are not. Some people are offended by. how they define impolite, rude, indecent, or culturally offensive language. And some people disagree on what culturally offensive, indecent, rude, and polite language means to them, right? So everybody has their definition of what profanity means, vulgarity means, obscenity means, cursing means, cussing means, swearing means, exodus means, 
obscenities mean, vulgarity means, and so on and so forth. So now that y'all get the point, it's even with some white people. Some white people call themselves O'Shea and Cracker. And some are not. Was disrespect for the ones and disrespect for other. I'm not talking about ex- the excusability of violence and crime and murder. That's not what I'm saying. Violence, crime, and murder are always horrible and terrible. I'm not excusing any humane. Excuse me. I'm not excusing any human rights violations or human rights abuses because human rights abuses and human rights violations are all wrong, pure evil, and highly immoral and highly illegal. Um, But everyone's different and um, that's the biggest thing. And the kind of profanity I engage in is I engage in emphatic swearing intended to draw additional attention to what is considered to be worth paying attention to. I engage in cathartic swearing, which is used in response to pain or misfortune. And I engage in wholesome idiomatic swearing used for no other particular purpose, but it's a sign that the conversation relationship between speaker, listeners, and me. Um, I engage in wholesome dysphemistic swearing, which is used to convey that the speaker thinks negatively of the subject matter to make the listener do the same. I do it in a wholesome way. I've even in, had times to wholesome bilingual swearing. Um, I've, I'm not the type of person that does abusive swearing, which is intended to offend, intimidate, or otherwise cause emotional or psychological harm. Um, and some people, when it comes to the subject of slurs, I really want to talk about And so that's what I wanted to really, really share. That means a lot to me to know how people will say things that 
we should never engage in um, using words to destroy humanity. But if we put appropriate contexts to the slurs and profanity, then no problem is the result. So be mindful of your audiences, your environments, the moments, the experiences, and the time clock. So that's what I really wanted to uh, talk about. And I want to say in close, because now y'all got the idea. The kind of lover I am and the kind of lovers that I have on screen and off screen are people and myself, we, the type of lovers we are, we are lovers of kindliness, kind-heartedness, warm-heartedness, tender-heartedness, goodwill, affectionateness, affection, warmth, gentleness, tenderness, concern, care, consideration, considerateness, helpfulness, thoughtfulness, unselfishness, selflessness, altruism, compassion, sympathy, understanding, big-heartedness, benevolence, benignity, friendliness, neighborliness, hospitality, amiability, courteousness, public spiritedness, generosity, magnanimity, indulgence of the wholesome persuasions, strictly and only, uh, patience, uh, wholesome tolerance, charitableness, graciousness, healthy lenience, humaneness, mercifulness, and wholesome bounteousness. So those are the type of lovers that I sleep with. And, that, and, that, and that's the, and those are the type of lovers. And, that, and all these attitudes of kindness are the types of lovers that I am. My lovers and myself are also friendly, generous, and considerate. Um, we do kind acts, good deeds, acts of kindness, good turns good favors, good acts of good assistance, good service, good help, and good aiding, A-I-D-I-E. So now you know the type of lovers I have. Now you know the type of lover that I am. All these adjectives fit up perfectly. And with that being said, I'm fucking happy that I get to say peace the fuck out. I just saying goodbye. But the peace, that's the fuck in. Share it the fuck out.